Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. This is Pete Vecchi, one of the associate pastors at West Carrollton Church of the Nazarene, and I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Reconciling Grace. We are about halfway through our sessions on testimonies of the panelists here. I started out with my testimony, and then next we had the testimony of one of our other panelists, Mick Wells. Mick is uh, one of the co-hosts of the Cross Connection radio program. He has been part of Wells of Salvation Ministry since 1980. Also joining us today is Vicki Cundiff. Vicki is one of the associate pastors at Countryside Church of the Nazarene in Lebanon, Ohio. And our third panelist today, actually fourth panelist, since I'm one of them as well, is Steve Wilson. And it's Steve who we're going to hear from as far as testimony today. Steve is a graduate of United Theological Seminary in Dayton. He is a Christian author and a Christian computer game programmer. And before we start with Steve's testimony, I'd like to have Vicki read us from the English Standard Version of the Bible from the book of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, as to why we are doing these testimony programs. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. So with gentleness and respect, Steve is going to be talking about the hope that is within him today. So Steve, take it away. So speaking of gentleness and respect, uh, I have to start with my mother. She, uh, she was a gentle woman, and I have a lot of respect for her because God actually used her to save me twice. Um, so the first time that I went to church, I was about four years old. Uh, my mom had uh, come back to Christianity um, after marrying my dad and decided that she needed to uh, go to church. She needed to take me and my brother to church. So we started going uh, to a church of God. And um, I believe the the pastor there is the one who, who approached my mom and spoke with her and, and kind of led her back to the Christianity that she had grown up with. So we started going there, and uh, of course... As a kid, I believed everything that my mom and the church told me. and uh, Mama knows best, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember my mom, she um, read me Bible stories, and uh, she sang in the choir, and she taught children's church. And so she was really the first example that I got of, hey, this is important. And I didn't really understand you know, exactly what this was other than a collection of stories. You know, these are cool things that happen, these Bible stories. Yeah, there's this God. He's up there. He's real. But, of course, I didn't get it. I was too young. Uh, and then, when I was eight, my mom was pregnant with uh, my little sister. I had had uh, two little brothers and, and now a little sister. She was pregnant, and uh, she kept telling the doctors something is wrong. And the doctors would say, well, you're no spring chicken now. This is your fourth child. She said, no, there, there's something wrong. And so they discovered that she had kidney cancer. And uh, my sister had to be taken prematurely so that they could treat her. And 
Uh, I remember one day my dad came home and uh, he said, Mom's at the hospital and she might be there for a while. And as an eight-year-old, I thought, well, that's fine. When people go to the hospital, when they go to the doctor, the doctors fix them. You know, no problem. Okay. Uh, so I didn't really understand what my dad was telling me there. Um, but over the next couple of months, um, she would she would come home on occasion. And, uh, you know, my siblings and I were, were kind of shuffled among relatives. And sometimes we would go up uh, to Cleveland Clinic to see her. Um, but one thing that impressed me as I you know, kind of realized that she's, she's really not doing very well is she would always have this uh, red Sony Walkman with her, this old cassette player. And in her headphones, you know, I would ask, hey, can I listen to what you're listening to? In her headphones was always Sandy Patty or Amy Grant, those, uh, you know, kind of singers of uh, the previous generation. And uh, it was always praise songs. And she would say, you know, I have faith in God, no matter what was happening. Um, she would keep her spirits up by listening to those songs. And uh, one day I was at my aunt's house, and uh, my dad came home in the morning. It told me that she had died. Huh. And uh, I took a walk. I, it was the way that I processed. I just, I just went for a walk. And, and kind of moved right to acceptance. It was, it was a strange situation, I guess. I wasn't angry. I wasn't um, overly sad, I don't think. It was just straight to acceptance. And uh, one thing that, that I appreciate, my mom, um, before she died, she made my dad promise to keep us kids going to church. My dad did not go to church. He had been a Christian earlier in his life um, and then rejected it uh, even before they got married. But he did that. He, he followed through on that promise. He kept us going to church every week. Um, he would send us on the church van. And, and I'm so grateful that our church had a ministry like that where they would go around and pick people up, take them to church. So uh, I went to church all through my childhood and when I was 13, I joined the youth group. And that's when God really became real in my life. Remember, I went on a, a youth group retreat, actually a boys retreat, boys only, with our youth pastors, about five boys and him. And at that retreat, he shared how much God wanted to be involved in my life. He talked about how, how you know, not only is God real, but he wants to have a relationship with me. This, this huge God of the universe who made everything wanted to hang out with me. And that statement so impressed me. I thought, how can I say no? How can I say no to that? If God wants to hang out with me, I can't refuse. So I came home from that retreat uh, I told my, my friend who, who was a Christian, I said, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm committing. I'm, I'm all in. And, and he just kind of said, well, okay, good for you. He, <laughs> he didn't quite get that yet. But um, that's when I started really studying the Bible. Um, church meant a lot more to me. You know, even though I'd grown up in church, uh, 
I got it now. And shortly after that, I, I felt like I received a call to ministry because I enjoyed explaining uh, the religion to people. I, I enjoyed um, teaching scripture. I was a leader in the youth group and, and in uh, junior high and high school Bible studies, things like that. So uh, I felt like God was saying, hey, you, this is what I want you to do. I want you to teach. So I went to Mount Vernon Nazarene College, um, intending to enter the ministry. And it was there at college, at this Christian college. It wasn't their intent, but that's when I started doubting my faith for the first time. I was in a philosophy class, and the, the teacher would, was asking some strange questions that I never heard before. He Philosophical questions, he, he would ask things like, uh, if God is all-powerful, can he make a rock so big that even he can't lift it? And now I can answer that question now, but at the time, I didn't know what to do with it. I thought, well, how? the Bible doesn't tell me if God can make a rock so big he can't lift it. You know, and, and I thought, well, by this point, I should have the answers. Because after all, I've been a Christian, you know, my whole life, and, and I'm entering the ministry, and, and I should be able to answer things like that. And in the midst of that, I was also surrounded by all these other students uh, who would come from Christian homes, and, uh, and I thought, God, why didn't I have that? Why did I grow up in a home where, yeah, my dad was supportive, but he wasn't a Christian. He, he didn't do anything to uh, shape me in the faith, to be an example. Uh, sometimes uh, we, we butted heads because we, we see things from a very different perspective. And uh, I kind of I thought, well, I couldn't have a close relationship with my mom because you took her. And I can't have a close relationship with my dad because you've made me think completely different than he does. So that's the first time where I really experienced grief over my mom's death because of what I had missed. And so the question boiled down to, God, why did you do that to me? Why did you put me in that situation? Hmm. So uh, I kept thinking about these things and... You know, more questions came up in philosophy class I didn't know what to do with. And eventually I said, you know what? Maybe Christianity doesn't have all the answers that I'm looking for. Maybe Christianity isn't 100% true, or maybe it doesn't have all of the truth. So I started looking at other, other religions and thinking, well, maybe, maybe if I look at it from different perspectives, I can find the answer. And eventually, uh, I had to tell my classmates, I'm, I'm not a Christian. I, I believe in God. I, I think there's a God there. But your representation of him, I don't know that I buy that anymore. So for about a year and a half, I was not a Christian. And I was very depressed because my whole life had been about God. And so when you take that away, it's like, okay, well, now what am I about? I'm, I'm not about, um, you know, kind of the, the worldly way of living. I can still see the, the error in that. 
and yet none of these other religions are filling that void for me. And, uh, you know, kind of the, the secular religion of patriotism, well, no, that's not where I want to be. So I was, I was very depressed, and uh, I was planning on leaving that Christian college and, and going to a different school. I'd already switched my major from religion to business. And then uh, while I was still at that school, I, I had an experience where uh, I had a dream one night, and in this dream, me and my mom, who had been dead for you know how many years, uh, we're in a shopping mall, and even in the dream, I could tell this mall, uh, all of these kind of storefronts are symbolic of the different religions and, and different philosophies and different ways of thinking that I've been looking into. You know, I could, I could go over here to this store, and they tell me about Hinduism. I can go over here, and they'll tell me about Islam. And, um, so all of these were, were different religions that I was looking into, and I asked my mom, I said, what does God think? of me looking into all of these things. And like only a mother can, very gently and very lovingly, like the verse says, she simply said, he doesn't like it. And that was the end of the dream. <laughs> he doesn't like it. And, and I woke up and uh, there's no doubt in my mind that that was real. Mm -hmm. no, I mean, people can say, well, it, God wouldn't work like that. He wouldn't send your mom to talk to you. You know what? I think it was my mom. And oh, I think yeah. God was talking to me through her presence there. What a wonderful illustration to show that God will reach out to us and meet us where we are. And Steve, I don't want to cut you off here, but we do need to take a break for our sponsor. So we will be right back, and I'm looking forward to the rest of your testimony. And we're back with Reconciling Grace. We're listening to the testimony of Steve Wilson. And Steve, you just shared with us about a dream you had where your mother told you that God was not happy about you looking into <laughs> other religions. Right. So uh, where does that go? We kind of stopped at a very inopportune point. Yeah, so after I had that dream, um, you know, the whole morning, I, I had to go to class in college, but the whole morning, um, I was very distracted. That's all I could think about. And uh, so kind of midday was a chapel service. And you know, for the last year and a half, I had been thinking, I don't want to go to chapel. But I was still at a Christian school. And if, if you don't get, if you don't go to chapel, you, uh, I forget exactly what they would do, but there would be some, some penalties there. So I continued to go to chapel to meet the minimum requirements. Well, this day, I thought, Okay, let's go to chapel. And uh, at that uh, service, Brennan Manning was speaking. And uh, if you don't know who Brennan Manning is, he's the, uh, the priest who uh, struggled with alcohol quite a bit in his life. And he also wrote the Ragamuffin Gospel, a series of books, but that's his best-known uh, work. And while he was speaking, he made the statement, he said, God is like the sun. Just like you can't stare into the sun because it's too much for you, you can't know everything about God because he's too much for you. 
Hmm. And at that moment, that sounded true to me. And I said, God, if this is what you want me to hear, I need to know that right now. And at that moment, nothing like this has ever happened to me since then or before. But at that moment, all of the walls closed in on me. All of the people in that chapel disappeared. And it was just me and God there. Not, I didn't see a form of God, but it was, it was me and God in that chapel service. And he said, I need people to think about those things, meaning all the questions that I've been having. He said, I need people to think about those things. But I just want to dance with you. <laughs> and I got this image of, of me dancing with God. And, and it was a, it's a very uh, intimate image. It, it's all about relationship and, and being close. And God was telling me, uh, all these things that you're worried about, even, even the, the, the hurt that you have over your mother's death, none of that is as important as our relationship. And if you can keep that relationship then, you know, eventually I'm going to teach you and I'm going to, you know, help you think through those things. But you've got to stay in a relationship with me if you want those answers. So, again, I need people to think about those things, but I just want to dance with you. That's beautiful, Steve. Mm. And, and, you know, as you've been sharing your testimony about your mom, she laid the foundation for your experience and even for your life now. So mm -hmm. uh, we would, you know, I, I had my mom for 86 years, so I never experienced what you experienced. Uh, I know people that have, but, you know, even in that, you know, the years, the minimal years that you did have her has impacted your life that just goes on and on and keeps on giving and laid that great foundation. And so it was a tremendous gift. And even to have the, the dream, you know, yeah. where God, you know, had her tell you that and so you know you take that away and what would your life be you know so she is just living in you powerfully and you know we can see that in your life mm. yeah and god is also living within you i think that's yes. one of the great things um as, as i said before the break that that god reaches us where we need to be and steve you said something that was really really interesting to me is that nothing like that had ever happened before or has happened since in mm -hmm. your faith. Now that hasn't made you doubt it at all, has no. it? <laughs> no. Um, to, to kind of finish that story, um, after after I had that experience, um, I kind of came out of it, and the service was ending. I, I didn't hear anything else the speaker said that day, um, but I thought, okay, I, God, I asked you to speak. <laughs> you know, I told you. I said. This is what you want me to hear. Tell me, and you have told me in a, uh, in a in a in a way that I can't deny. And so after that, I I rededicated my life to Christ and said, "Okay, I, you know, I guess I guess this is it. No more, um, no more doubting." And you've never had a doubt since. Not, uh, no. Um, I mean, I've I've had things that I don't understand. I've had, uh, you know, passing thoughts. Well, you know, maybe none of this is true, but not, 
Not any significant degree. I guess maybe I should have said it the way you haven't had a doubt about God being true and Christ and Jesus, uh, all of that. But I mean, I think we all have questions. Yeah. I think there's a difference between question and doubt. I guess I should have said it in that way. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a part in in John chapter six where Jesus is talking about um, you know you have to eat my flesh and and the people uh, he lost a lot of followers at that point because people just didn't understand what he was saying. And he asked Peter, he said, are you going to leave too? And Peter said, where am I going to go? Mm-hmm. You have the words of eternal mm-hmm. life. And and at that point, you know, I said, yeah, you know what? There's no plan B here. Right. right. Steve, so, have you ever uh, had uh, God speak to you in other dreams? Or were these two kind of unique experiences? Uh, so I've never had another dream experience. Uh, and I've never had a, a uh, another experience quite as powerful as the one that I had in that chapel, but I do believe that Jesus has spoken to me uh, in very um, unmistakable ways. For instance, uh, at one point in my ministry, I was planning to uh, to go to school again, and uh, actually I was going to be an, an EMT because I thought that would be a helpful thing to be. So I was driving to the school to take a tour of it, and Jesus asked me, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and, and I say when, when Jesus talks, um, you can tell that it's not your own thoughts because your mind isn't going in that direction, mm-hmm. right? It's just out of the blue, and you can kind of tell this is a different voice. Uh, this is not the way my mind works. And so there are those times, and and that was another uh, very positive example, where Jesus spoke internally in my spirit, and uh, and I couldn't question it. So I I continued driving to the school to to be polite and uh, and take the tour that I agreed to to take, but knowing yeah this is not the direction that God wants me to go. Hmm. So speaking of God's direction, uh, when I was in college, I. I did finish out that semester in school, and I did convince my future wife to start dating me. Uh, now that I was back on track with God, I always uh, give her praise because through my doubting period, uh, she wouldn't. She, she was my friend. She was a good friend, uh, but she would not get involved with me romantically uh, because she knew that wasn't what God wanted for her. And so uh, we did start dating, uh, but I also continued with my plans to leave that college and uh, transferred to the University of Akron studying business because I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm back on track with God, but I'm not ready to enter ministry. And so I thought, well, you know, business is something I'm interested in, so I'll pursue that. So a couple years later, I graduated from school. Um, me and my wife, Mindy, maintained our relationship uh, driving back and forth to see each other on the weekends. And as soon as we graduated, we were married, and I moved to the Dayton area. And everything was, was going well. We both took uh, very uninteresting jobs that had nothing to do with our majors. That's <laughs> the way it goes. So, yeah. That's so, so we were the, uh, the young married couple who, uh, you know, trying to figure out what we were going to do with our lives. And... About a year after we were married, God tapped me on the shoulder 
and said, hey, remember how I called you to ministry? Let's get back on that. So uh, I talked to my wife, and you know she, she agreed to, to support me in that, could, could recognize that I was called to ministry. And I started taking correspondence classes through Reformed Theological Seminary, uh, Reformed being a, um, another word for Calvinist. We, when we were married, we started going to her home church, which was a Presbyterian church. And so for about a solid year, I was a Calvinist. And so I went to Reformed Theological. And then after about a semester, we decided, you know, I really need to do this full time. So I transferred to United Theological, so a, a local school, so I could go um, and kind of accelerate that process of getting my degree. After I graduated seminary, I served in a, a Presbyterian church, and that, uh, that position kind of ended with some controversy. And uh, at that point, I went to the Nazarene church. Uh, again, I had grown up in the Church of God and the Church of the Nazarene um, kind of concurrently, and I met my wife in the Nazarene church. So when we decided to uh, leave my assignment at the Presbyterian church, we thought, well, the Nazarene church is, is a good fit. And uh, by that time, uh, I was more comfortable again with Wesleyanism than Calvinism. Um, in fact, I read the entire Church of the Nazarene manual before visiting the church where Pete was pastoring. How riveting to read that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I had realized uh, I had made some missteps uh, as far as pursuing the Presbyterian Church of the USA. So I wanted to make sure before we go anywhere else, I want to make sure I'm in line with that. Mm-hmm. And so we went to, uh, we visited Pete's church, um, and then... Uh, now, we didn't know each other before that day. No, no. Um, soon after, I, I entered the process to become a Nazarene minister, and uh, had, a, had a good few years there. But as I continued in ministry, I realized church service was not really where God was calling me. Uh, I entered church service. I, I think that, that I did okay there. I didn't do any harm, but it wasn't the right fit for me. And uh, I'd already published some books. I'd already been published by a couple of magazines and devotionals. So I decided my ministry is going to be writing. And now I've added Christian video game design to that. So uh, that's kind of where I am now. Well, and I will will say that you didn't only not do harm you did some really good things uh when you were on staff out there at alpha um i know a lot of people came to um know the lord and or you know come closer to the lord through the ministry that you had and that was uh uh some of the best times that that church ever had and so uh steve i do want to just say that i really appreciate hearing your testimony just like last week i appreciated hearing mix and vicky we're not letting you off the off of the hook here because you're going to be next all right and i i look forward to that i hope that this uh testimony time has been beneficial to our listeners because uh, as far as what i've heard these last three episodes 
it's really interesting that nothing has really been the same. Mm -hmm. It's been a whole lot of different stuff, and yet God brought us all here into this same ministry at Reconciling Grace. And believe me, I hope that this truly is a ministry to people who are listening. And so it's about time for us to be signing off again. Steve Wilson, it's been your testimony today, along with Steve. Our panelists have been Mick Wells and Vicki Cundiff, and this is Pete Vecchi. And just letting you know that if you would like any of us to come and speak with your church or your group, please send us an email. Send it to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. Also, you can visit the Reconciling Grace Radio Program Facebook page. This has been Reconciling Grace. Join us again next time as our panel discusses biblical truths centered around the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ.